0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is another episode of On Point with Victor, and welcome to the show. Uh, have you heard the latest? <clears throat> oh, there's, excuse me there, folks. Um, have you heard the latest uh, Obama just endorsed the current economy uh, I mean that 's the way I take it uh, he 's trying to uh, take credit for the current economy um, so using on point with Victor logic uh, does it not does logic wouldn't logic dictate that if you are running around trying to take credit of the current economy? In fact, you then are endorsing the current economy because why would you want to take credit for it if you didn't endorse it or if you weren't happy with it? So, so I guess the debate of whether this is a good economy or not i guess that debate is over so maybe maybe the democrats will finally admit that this is a raging economy this economy is firing on all cylinders so i guess they have to admit that or they're 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 de facto admitting that by trying to take credit for it so it's quite funny folks and i'm not making this up this is just common sense and logic coming from on point with victor uh... It it is freaking hilarious, though. It really is to watch uh, Obama run around on his his I'm taking credit tour (laughs) that apparently he's doing. Um, It's quite funny so okay let me do this you are tuned into America's web radio this is on point with Victor and I am Victor there is so welcome welcome folks again you know I always tell you I cannot wait to get in this chair and talk to you guys and so I there's so so much happening that so much we're going to get to. Yes, I'm going to get to uh, the uh, debate debacle <laughs> that uh, that the, that that the Democrats had in Nevada. Uh, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Bloomberg. Uh, you know, if you listened to my show last week, which I know many of you did, uh, I talked a lot about Bloomberg, and, and, I, and I I I got to make some things clear about last week about what i was saying and 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 referencing some of the things that bloomberg you know using his words uh... but i was paraphrasing and and i want to make that clear uh... you know you'll have to go do your own research to find out his exact quotes but i like to be clear because i like here on on point with victor i like to just put out uh... the facts i like to let you know what's happening but I don't want you to just take it from me. And and as much as I'd like to have the time and the staff to go through and get all exact quotes, I don't. You know, a lot of this stuff, folks, I'm bringing pulling out of my memory once I do my research. Uh, So um, I do like to make clear that I do paraphrase and you, you need to go do your own research, which you should do anyway. You should do, especially those of you who are Democrat leaners out there or those of you who are still married to the letter D. uh, Those of you who who are uh, Democrats and and you think you're a Democrat by blood and and you can't figure out that today's Democrat Party is not yesterday's Democrat Party. Today's Democrat Party is full-on socialist. Uh, But if you're still Listening and buying into the crap they're selling, um, then you need to do your own research. You really, really need to get out of your uh, security box and and go do some some research. Go find some opposing views. Of course, if you're listening to you on point with Victor and you're a Democrat voter, then I commend you because you know that I'm going to give you both sides uh, I'm going to, to give you my opinion on both sides and those of you who are familiar with me you know that uh, I will blast the establishment Republicans as much as I'll staffs as much as I will go after the establishment Democrats um, known today as Socialist um, I am an equal opportunity offender when it comes to career politicians I don't care what side they're on uh, we need to get rid of a whole lot of them, folks. So, okay. So let me, let me, you know, I started off the show talking about Obama taking credit. I, I just have to touch on this. I, I, I know last week we touched a little bit on it. Uh, I, I had some people reach out and, and they wanted me to just explain a little bit more, Um go into a little bit of detail on on what obama's doing and 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 why why there's a difference between obama and trump and so i'm gonna do this and, and i'm not gonna you know trust me i'm not gonna tread on your attention span too much i'm not gonna get into too much detail uh but i'm just gonna give you some some basic logic you know i look this is on point with victor common sense and logic that's the analysis i give and when you can take off your emotional blanket and turn on your common sense and logical brain, you can really cut through a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of politicians' crap. And that's Democrats and Republicans because folks you get it from both sides. Now, I will sit here and tell you that a whole lot of it is coming from the Democrats. Uh, they are socialist. We do not need to go down the road that the Democrats are trying to take us on. So um, I will point that out often. Uh, so let me tell – let me get into this a little bit. So um, the Obama tour that's going on, which is uh, I'm going to take credit tour, and, and it could also be referred to as uh, Save My Legacy tour. Uh, that's basically what Obama's doing. Look, you've got to put yourself in Obama's shoes. And and, and look, folks, he, I've told you before, Obama's – he's a the guy's a nice guy. He He's a good family man. Uh, He has some qualities, but his policies – this is how I judge presidents. I judge them on policy. Uh, You can talk the talk like Democrats have done for 40, 50 years, but you're still hurting the very people that you say you want to help. And the reason why the Democrats do that is because they're not really trying to solve a problem. They're not really trying to help anyone. They're just trying to help themselves by buying as many votes and securing as much power as they can. Are there some establishment Republicans guilty of this? Absolutely. But it's not the whole Republican Party. And today's the entire Democrat Socialist Party is all about gaining as much power over you, the individual, as they can. So this is where I'm coming from. So put yourself in Obama's shoes. Here's a guy who had eight years. This guy was put on a pedestal by the media every day. Obama could do no wrong. Um, Even what you would consider conservative media – wouldn't go after Obama that hard. Um, you had a Supreme Chief Just a Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, who knew that Obamacare was unconstitutional, <laughs> but did not strike it down. Instead, he changed the freaking law, which is not the duty of the Supreme Court per the Constitution. All you need to do is read Article One, Two, and Three. Um, but you had a chief justice that made a change because he didn't want to be the chief justice to strike down the first black president's main accomplishment or or attempt at an accomplishment. So so put yourself in Obama's shoes. You've had nothing but adulation for eight years of your administration. You were you were held as the second coming. You were held as the guy that could. I mean him him he himself Obama when he uh, made uh, his uh, speeches whether whether it was campaign or or the night of, I believe, that he was inaugurated, would say things like, the seas will stop rising, the, the temperature will stop, the, uh, making all these claims as if, as if he had the power to do it. So, so you, what I mean by putting yourself in his shoes is there's a guy that's been, that's been held up on the highest pedestal, leaves office, and the, the guy that he hates the most, and the guy that he kept saying would never be elected... The guy that he made fun of gets elected and then within three years has a thriving, better economy, better foreign policy, better everything, folks. Everything by every measure when you – again, you have to take the emotions out and you just look at policy. You look at what's going on uh, in the country and what's going on in the world and uh, uh, by every measure – everything is going better. So if you're Obama and you're looking at the guy you despise, the guy you hated, the guy you made fun of, is having better success than you are, or that you had, um, that's hard to swallow. So it doesn't surprise me that Obama is out right now on his apology tour. I mean, I'm sorry, not an apology tour. He did that when he got elected. Uh, now he's on his Save My Legacy tour. And that is why you see him out there having the gall to try and take credit for for the current economy and you know he's going to try to rewrite history which is what Democrats do best um, so it's it's, it's it's okay to laugh at you know but, but I want you to understand where he's coming from um, because if you were held up in, in, in so much adulation as he was and on put on a pedestal up here and then reality smacks you in the face <laughs> the three years after you, you left the office uh, you know that's a hard pill to swallow and uh, I just think uh, Obama is out there, him and his team, and they want to save a legacy uh, because Obama's legacy is a lot of failure, and that's just the truth. And again, it's his policy, his policies. So, so that's what's going on. That's what Obama's doing. He's trying to save a legacy. So, let me tell you. Um, I mean, I, I could just just pointing out to you that. For years and years and months and months, the Democrats, including Obama, have been trashing President Trump. They've been trying to convince people that this is not a great economy. But now, now, Obama's trying to take credit for it, and the Democrats uh, uh, among him are trying to take credit for the current economy. So that tells me that they have now endorsed the current economy. They have now admitted that this current economy is on fire and is a good economy for everyone. So... Right here, I could just drop the mic and drop this subject because that's the kind of logic and, and common sense that uh, you're not going to hear in the mainstream media. But, uh, but I'm not going to stop there. Here's another thing to think about. Folks, think about this. If Obama's economy was so good, if if in 2015, when he was on his way out, if, and, and in 2016, uh, as he's in his last year, if the economy was so so well under Obama, why didn't Hillary run on the Obama economy? Go back and look, folks. Go back and look. Hillary ran away from Obama in a lot of ways than she ran with him. Uh, She did not run on a strong Obama economy. Ask yourself, why is that? So, if Obama started all this like he's trying to convince you and take credit for today's economy, then... How come Hillary didn't run in 2016 on the Obama economy? Uh, again, just common sense and logic, folks, that if you would take off your emotional blanket, you could probably come to these conclusions yourself. Um, so think about that. Um, I mean, it's it's basically, for most of you out there, that's a rhetorical question. But for some of you out there who, who, who just buy into this Democrat madness, um, you've got to ask yourself that question. Uh, why didn't she run on the Obama economy? So the other thing uh, that I'll say is uh, if if the Democrats and Republicans are battling over credit, and I touched on this just, just a while ago, if, but if you have Democrats and Republicans right now that are battling over who gets credit, well, then doesn't that say that the argument for whether it's a good economy or not is over? So clearly, both sides agree that this... Trump economy right now is on fire. Now the battle or the debate is who gets to take credit. Uh, Again, just common sense and logic. Uh, That's all I'm using here. Uh, I don't even need to give you a whole lot of figures. I don't even need to give you a whole lot of numbers. Um, You can ascertain the, the fact that If Obama's trying to take credit now, then he must be acknowledging it's a good economy. If the Democrats and the Republicans are fighting over who gets credit, then it must be a good economy because they're not going to want to take credit over a bad one. So, again, just some good old-fashioned logic and common sense on On Point with Victor. Okay, when I get back, I'll give you a little bit more uh, hard numbers, I guess I could say that. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more of that when we come back. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to On Point with Victor. Welcome back, folks. This is On Point with Victor. I am Victor Arm. There is uh, Look, if I sound a little tired today, folks, I was up kind of late doing some show prep. And uh, once I get past a certain hour, it's kind of hard to uh, get sleep. And then the dog doesn't want to sleep. It's just crazy. But, uh, but bear with me. Bear with me. Okay. So um, we're talking about uh, Obama taking credit and the Democrats trying to take credit. So here's another thing to think about. Think about this. So... Uh, if 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 the Obama Biden team want to take credit for the current economy, um, do you think uh, they'll take credit for putting kids in cages? I mean, after all, they did it first. Uh, the the those pictures you saw, uh, those first pictures you saw of kids in cages, were from twenty. 2014. Uh, I believe Obama was still president there, and I believe Biden was the vice president. And uh, so the cage, so-called cage policy was Obama's policy. So I don't hear him trying to take credit for that. Uh, in fact, I heard Biden falling all over himself the other day and uh, when he was being interviewed by Jorge Ramos. And let me tell you something about Jorge Ramos. Um, I'm not a big fan of his. He's a big lefty. Uh, But I will give him credit because he finally, finally asked a real question. Uh, He had a moment of journalism. Um, Jorge Ramos, I will give credit because he had a moment of journalism and actually asked Biden about the pictures from 2014. And he reminded Biden that he was vice president back then and Obama was president back then. And he showed him the picture and reminded him those were kids in cages because of the Obama-Biden administration. And Biden was flopping all over himself biden called jorge ramos a liar to his face so i mean it's it's just laughable it really really is laughable but uh but that's my question if they want to come out and take take credit for the current economy then uh why aren't they taking credit for kids in cages Uh, just another common sense and logical question that i like to ask here on on point with victor so, okay, so uh, let, let, we'll do uh, – this is kind of fun. I'll, I'll do a little bit more here, uh, so stick with me and follow this logic. If, if Trump's economy is due to Obama – so follow me here, folks. Just, just follow me here. Again, this is undeniable logic. If Trump's economy is due to Obama, then Obama's economy was due to W. Bush, you know, Bush W. Um, and if that's the tr- true – then W's economy was due to Papa Bush. I mean, folks, I could go on and on if you use Democrat logic. Uh, so if – if and again, follow the line of Democrat logic. If Obama's taking credit for today's economy, then he would have to give credit for his economy to Bush before him, and Bush would have to give credit to Bush before him. So – This is why this is laughable. It's just absolutely laughable. Um, Now, let me give you some truths and facts uh, that's not just logic and and, and common sense. Um, Everything Trump has done in terms of the economy, when you look at when Trump took office up until right now, every policy Trump has done has been the opposite of what Obama did. So if you do the opposite, you're not going to get the same reaction. So uh, everything Trump has done. So Obama raised taxes. Trump lowered taxes. Uh, Obama increased regulation tenfold. Donald Trump is reducing regulation every year, every year, every year since he stepped into that office. Um, Those two things, lowering taxes and cutting regulation, cutting the bureaucracy, those are two of the biggest, if not the biggest drivers of the current economy. So those those, those are just two major policy moves that are complete opposite, the antithesis to what Obama did. So again, Obama's raising taxes, Obama is... Uh, is increasing regulation. And number three, uh, Obama's increasing the size of government. Donald Trump has been doing the opposite. He's lowered taxes, he's cut regulation, and he is trying to shrink the size of government. Uh, Those are completely opposite things, and they will get opposite effects. Um, Obama, for eight years, presided over an economy that couldn't grow more than 2%. That's a GDP growth of 2% 2% or less, that was the Obama 8 years, don't give me this business about inheriting a, a, a recession and all that crap uh, because just about every president will will, will have some type of re- recession to deal with or or has had some type of slowdown you just don't know, current events Bush had to deal with 9-11 um, and then that caused a whole bunch of things And so was there a recession when Obama took over? yes, the question is What do you do to get out of that recession? And Obama had the worst recovering economic uh, economy on record. The worst recovering economic – on the worst recovery. Let me put it that way. The worst recovery on record. So um, here's another thing. Obama has mentioned over his eight years when he was president, mentioned more than once that the Democrats must preside over a declining economic growth machine that is the United States. He said on numerous occasions that you had to get used to 2% growth or less. That was going to be the new norm. These are the things Obama was saying. For eight years, especially his last four years, Obama would would constantly say, we're going to have to get used to a decline growth. We're going to manage it. And he said that we're going to be at a 2% or less growth. That was going to be the new norm. He also followed that up with the manufacturing jobs were never coming back. This is what Obama said for eight years. Now, you fast forward to now. Fast forward to now. We have hit 4% plus growth GDP under President Trump. We have hit uh, a, a unbelievable uh, return of manufacturing jobs under President Trump. So everything Obama said wouldn't happen is happening under President Trump. Now, how in the hell do you take credit for that? Mr. President Obama. Okay? Folks, that is the way to look at this. That Look, one more thing. Obama had the audacity to even make fun of Trump on the campaign trail and ask, what's, 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 what's Mr. Trump going to do? Does, does he have a magic wand? Well, you know what? That magic wand is good fiscal policy. And that is what President Trump had. So, uh, look, I'm going to leave it there, folks. But you can look it up if you want. And do some of your own research, but um, that is the truth. Uh, Eight years of Obama, the worst recovery on record, a 2% or less growth record. Uh, A a president who said we must manage a declining growth period. A president who said we're not going to get over 2%. A president who said there would be no more manufacturing jobs, those jobs would never come back. That's what you had in Obama, who is now trying to take credit for manufacturing jobs exploding in the United States, uh, uh, a, a GDP growth rate that's already hit 4%. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, it really is laughable, really is really laughable. So, okay, I want to move on there. I probably took up more time than I wanted to, to, to do that, but, but I've had some good questions, and, and a lot of you listeners, I love it, I love it, I love it when you ask me questions. So continue to do so. I will always, always, always answer your questions. And so uh, that that was for a few of you guys. And, and, look, I cannot thank you listeners enough. Let me go ahead and take a moment uh, to thank you all for listening uh, in all 50 states. I mean, folks, we have listeners all the way to California, from California to Florida uh, to New York. Uh, it's just an awesome, awesome thing. Um, listeners in Montana, uh, I, I just can't tell you um, – how thankful i am and uh for those of you who want to reach out to me victor at dot com, victor at dot com. you can follow me radio victor on instagram radio victor uh follow me on facebook just look up victor armendariz a-r-m-e-n-d-a-r-i-z so uh that's it folks find me find me i love it i love it and, and get in touch with me it's a, it's it's awesome I love responding to you guys. It's great. So, all right, let's move on a little bit. I, I want to mention something real quick. So if you haven't heard, um, President Obama has uh, nominated uh, Richard Grinnell to uh, be uh, the new intelligence chief, the acting chief, the acting intelligence chief. The uh, media has lost their ever-loving mind over this. They're, they're going to go 24-7 or have been going 24-7 already um, about this guy and and – Again, this is Richard Grinnell. He is a Trump guy. He, he, he's someone that Trump knows he can uh, trust. Uh, he was the uh, current ambassador to uh, Germany, uh, the United States ambassador to Germany. And uh, now he is going to be the acting in- intelligence chief. Now, the media is losing their ever-loving mind. The media is going to tell you this guy, no experience, no experience, no experience. Well, you know what? To a lot of people, that's a good thing. We don't need any more bureaucrats who are career bureaucrats who have been there since the Clinton days uh, to continue to be part of the apparatus that is the Trump administration. And so I don't blame Trump one bit. Uh, I will tell you another reason that Trump... Picked Richard Grinnell. He picked Richard Grinnell because he can trust him. And put yourself in t- Donald Trump's shoes. You've spent three years now. Here we are in the fourth year of his presidency of the intelligence agency, your own intelligence agency, trying to throw you out of office. So the last thing pr- that uh, Trump should do is uh, is nominate another bureaucrat to be in another intelligence position to undermine the Trump administration. So, of course, he's going to go out and find somebody he can trust. I wish he would do this across the board. I would like to see President Trump get rid of every holdover from the Obama administration and the Bush administration and the Clinton administration and just continue to put his people there. Folks, elections have consequences. And the only way elections have consequences is if the current president, who was duly elected by the American people, can put his people in place and have his policies put in place. We do not need a bureaucracy to continue to undermine, and I don't care if right now it's President Trump, but I don't care if your guy, your socialist Bernie Sanders is elected next time. If he's elected and he's duly elected, then he has the right to put his people in place and for those people to follow his policy and, and, and to employ, deploy his policy because that's the way elections work. And that's the way it should be. So let me tell you something about Richard Grinnell that you're not going to hear from the mainstream media. In fact, I bet you there's a lot of you out there who don't know this. But Richard Grinnell is now the first openly gay man to, to hold a cabinet position. So how many of you have heard that? Because the media, if Richard Grinnell was a Democrat... If President Obama had nominated and placed Richard Grinnell as the intelligence chief, you wouldn't be hearing things about non-experience. All you would be hearing is, this is the first gay guy. Oh, Obama's so enlightened, the first gay cabinet member. But no, because it was President Trump, because it was President Trump who happens to have an R by his name – who made no stink or no nothing about Richard being gay, he hasn't mentioned it once. Um, At least up to this point while I'm telling you this. Um, But in the media, if Donald Trump were a Democrat, all you would be hearing is, first gay man, first gay cabinet member, first gay this, first gay that, that's all you'd be hearing. But because Donald Trump is a Republican, You're not – you haven't heard much at all, if anything, that Richard Grinnell is a gay guy, openly gay, openly gay. So, you know, I love it, Uh, and this is just another example, folks. The Republicans don't have to go out and wear all this stuff on their sleeve that they're appointing blacks here and Hispanics there and gay people there because the Republicans don't put you in a box, but the Democrats do. Folks, we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to On Point with Victor. folks you are listening to on point with Victor and this is America's web radio uh, look so we left that uh, before the last break I was telling you about Richard Grinnell and uh, folks look it, it's a sad thing that the media is this way but it's just it's just the way the media is the leftist media they um, I mean I, I don't even know what I can say anymore about them but uh, but but I'm sure a lot of you out there didn't didn't know, and again, it shouldn't matter if Richard's gay or straight or whatever. None of that matters. What matters is is he going to do a good job? And um, the media screaming over his lack of experience. Yeah, give me a break. Uh, I would rather have somebody in that I could trust and that I uh, can learn. Uh, because let's face it, the intelligence chief. Look, folks, this cabinet position didn't exist until after nine eleven, when the government used nine eleven as a chance to explode government uh, and increase government. And so, what the intelligence chief does is bring together the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and, and all the intelligence agencies. Because prior to nine eleven, apparently they didn't have the fortitude to talk to each other. Um, so, uh, that's basically, look, I'm being very general here, but that's basically what the intelligence chief position is. So this hasn't been a position around for a long time. Um, it was, it was created after nine 11, but, uh, but it's, it, it is definitely a position where if you've got a guy you can trust and look, uh, Richard Grinnell is not a dumb guy. So it's not like he just plucked him out of the street. He was a former United States or current United States ambassador to Germany and Trump, knows this him. I mean, they've known each other for a while, so um, don't buy into all this media crap. Just remember this. If there were a letter D next to President Trump, Richard Grinnell would be being held right now as the greatest thing ever because he would be a gay man in a cabinet position appointed by a Democrat. That's all you'd be hearing. Um, And trust me, folks, there is no hyperbole there. And those of you out there on the left, you know I'm right. You don't want to admit it, but you know I'm right. So, All right. Um, I'm going to move on a little bit. Uh, I, I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Bloomberg. And I hope his bruises have mended uh, from the debate, from uh, the Nevada debate. I mean, holy cow, folks. That that was a beatdown. I, I mean, that was uh, – it took maybe – sixty seconds for Warren to just go all focahontas on him. I mean, it was just it was something to see. Uh but I also I also you know, let, let me do this real quick. Um I I, I also I have a new Hillary theory, (laughs) guys, I know, I know, bear with me, I jump around a little bit, but that's because this Spanish brain of mine, or this Hispanic brain of mine, gets, uh, you know, two languages going, and then I get all these thoughts, all right, look, I'm not going to make excuses, um, But I do want to point this out. This is something I was thinking about this morning. Uh, You know, I keep telling you guys that Hillary's going to get in this race. And then after seeing that fiasco uh, debate in Nevada uh, last Wednesday, I'm sorry. Yes, last Wednesday, uh, I I, I believe more than ever now somehow Hillary is going to make her way into this race. I I would bet money that there is something going on behind the scenes between the DNC and the Hillary camp because – Bloomberg was obliterated on Wednesday night. And I told you guys, I think I mentioned this before. If I didn't, here it is. Uh, Bloomberg doesn't really have to worry about Warren or Biden or Buttigieg or Klobuchar. He really doesn't. None of them have the I, – I don't think they have the strength or the fortitude or the – oh gosh, for lack of a better term. Um, I just don't think they have the wit. To take out Bloomberg, but what's going to take out Bloomberg is his past. Bloomberg's worst enemy is his past. His worst enemy are the things he said and the things he believes. Where his heart has been in the past, that's going to bring Bloomberg down. Um, Bloomberg has the money to stay in this race as long as he wants to. The other guys don't. Uh, Bloomberg has a very uh, appealing uh, attribute. Uh, the guy's a businessman. The guy's a successful businessman. The guy employs thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Bloomberg knows how to run a business, whether you agree with him or not. Uh, on on There's a lot of things I disagree with him on. There's a lot of things I don't like him about uh, on. Uh, but... The guy's a businessman. The guy's a successful businessman. The guy uh, employs a lot of people. The guy has made a lot of people rich. The guy has has provided jobs for people to provide for their families. You can't take that away from him. Um, So he's done that. So he's an attractive candidate. Uh, But his past is going to bring him down. So we saw that in the debate in Nevada on Wednesday night. So. I believe that behind the scenes the DNC is losing their ever loving mind. They do not want Bernie Sanders to take the party down with him. They don't they know that Bloomberg's not gonna, Bloomberg's taking himself out. So chances are right now the nominee is going to be Bernie Sanders, the unveiled socialist. This is something the DNC is not going to want to allow to happen. So we may get to a convention situation where it's a brokered convention, and then the, the DNC may pull out some way to snatch it from Bernie Sanders. And if they do that, they've got to have somebody to give it to. And that somebody's probably going to be Hillary Clinton. Uh, I'm telling you folks, don't doubt me. There's something going on behind the scenes. The DNC is up to something because they can't stand by and allow Bernie Sanders to run away with this uh, not because they don't agree with Bernie Sanders understand me folks when I tell you there is no difference between Bernie Sanders Klobuchar, Buddha Buttigieg, Biden or anyone else they put up there there is no difference today's Democrat party is socialist, they have gone full on left, uh, Alexandria Cortez and her gang have taken over this party. That is why Bernie Sanders has felt the need to take off his veil. This is why Bernie Sanders is true to himself in that he's not hiding it anymore. He's not afraid to tell you that he's a socialist. Uh, The other Democrats want to hide it. They want to continue to lie to you. And they want to act like there's a moderate lane. Folks, there is no moderate lane. Uh, you're going to hear this on the me- in the media over and over. Who's going to take the moderate lane? We need some people to drop out of this race so that one person, we can get behind one person in the moderate lane to take out the socialist lane. No, folks. All the lanes are socialist. Any lane coming out of the Democrat Party is a socialist lane. The only difference is... The Buttigieg Lane, he'll lie to you. The Klobuchar lie, Lane, she'll lie to you. The Warren Lane, she'll lie to you. The Biden Lane, he'll lie to you. The Sanders Lane, he's just going to be straight up, this is socialism, and the people want it. I want it. And that, that is – look, uh, I, all you've got to do is look at policy. When you've got a political party in the Democrats who want to control health care – and they want to control what you drive. They want to control what you eat. They want to control the energy sector. They want to control uh, the like I said, the healthcare sector. They want to control control control. That's socialism. I mean, the only step after that is communism, folks. And and is not the road that this country needs to go down. So, Bernie Sanders he feels like he doesn't have to hide it anymore. So that's why all you hear from Bernie is uh, health care is a human right. We're going to make it a human right. Everybody gets health care. Everybody's going to get free college tuition free. We're going to make tuition free. How the hell is it going to be free? Somebody's got to pay for it, folks. So th- this is the crusade that that more, that uh, Sanders is on and he's winning. And I'll tell you what, folks. Um, you just look at Nevada you, just, you look at what Bernie Sanders is doing. My goodness, the polls he's he's he 's breached thirty percent so he 's over thirty percent now he 's more than uh, he 's double digits over um, Bloomberg and Biden and the rest of the crew. Um, this guy is going to be the nominee unless they figure out a way to stop him. And that's what I think the DNC is going to do. So, folks, pay attention. The DNC is up to something. And uh, do not think that Hillary Clinton isn't behind the scenes going, me, 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 me. (laughs) So, um, oh, my goodness, folks. and, and, And I told you last week. Uh, Bernie Sanders is not going to fight back. He's not going to put up a fight. Uh, Hillary bought him off last time. Bloomberg's trying to buy him off now, and Hillary, the DNC, they're going to try to buy him off again. Bernie Sanders isn't going to fight back. He's going to take his millions of whatever they give him, and he, maybe he'll go buy a fourth house. Uh, but Bernie Sanders isn't going to fight back. Now, his mounds of people that follow him, look, they're not going to go vote for Hillary. Most of them didn't vote for her last time. They're not going to vote for her this time. Uh, they're not going to vote for Bloomberg. Uh, if they if they steal it from Bernie Sanders, they're going to demand a third party. Now, whether Bernie Sanders will do that or not, I don't know. Well, I do know. He isn't going to do that. He isn't going to fight back. He's going to take his money, and he's going to go live in his elitist but millionaire's house. Um, which, by the way, let me let me get to some Bloomberg stuff here. Me, this is a good good way to segue into that. Uh, because if you watch the, the uh, circus debate that was Nevada last Wednesday, um, I will give Bloomberg some credit. So, so tune up, listen in, get close, because I'm about to take up for Bloomberg a little bit. Because those of you, that, you know I'm no friend of Bloomberg because of his stance on guns. Um, but uh, <laughs> I will take up for him when he deserves it. And folks, he did the best job at slapping Bernie Sanders down. Uh, last Wednesday at that debate. Uh, you know, the other candidates need to take a maybe take a lesson from uh, from Bloomberg. But let me tell you, this is to my point. The reason why you haven't seen the other candidates take down uh, Bernie Sanders like Bloomberg took him down is because all the other candidates are the same. Every Democrat in that race is a freaking socialist. They believe in socialist policies. They're just like Bernie. But Bloomberg, Bloomberg is a guy who made millions and millions and millions because this country afforded him the way to do it. And he was he stood there and this was great. This was awesome. He turned around and looked at Sanders and said, "How are we going to elect and put socialist Sanders at the top of the ticket when this guy is a multi-millionaire?" Here's a guy who's telling you, and you know folks, I already told you this. Bernie Sanders used to run around going, millionaires and billionaires. We can't have millionaires and billionaires take over the government. We can't have millionaires and billionaires buy the presidency. He doesn't say that anymore. Now he just says billionaires. Why? Because people are figuring out that Bernie Sanders is a multimillionaire. So now he can't say it. So now Bernie Sanders just says billionaires. We can't let billionaires, the 1%, we can't let them buy the presidency. That's what he's saying now. So Bloomberg had the audacity to look at him and go, we can't get rid of capitalism. What's the matter with you people? And here's a guy in Bernie Sanders who's telling you all these socialist dreams, but yet is a multimillionaire. He has three houses. And Bernie had no answer to that. Bernie, you could see the steam come out of his head that, that Bloomberg had the audacity to point that out. And what was uh, Sanders' response? Sanders' response was, was well, well I, I work in Washington. And Bloomberg rightfully said, and that's part of the problem. Folks, Bernie Sanders has never had a job in his life. Bernie Sanders has never had to sign someone's paycheck. Bernie Sanders doesn't know what it's like to fend for himself because he's lift off you. He's lived off you, the people, we, the people. He's a multimillionaire off we, the people. Folks, we'll be right back. You're listening to America's Web Radio on Point with Victor.
0: This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And we're back folks uh, thanks so much for tuning in uh, look if I sound a little angry I'm really not uh, I just uh, I just get passionate folks it's like Herman Cain used to say I'm not angry I'm just passionate and that's 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 what I am uh, you know I always tell you guys don't get angry with people um, just have conversations and when they call you names that's okay have conversations and walk away uh, but uh, but don't ever get angry just, just passion passion is okay passion is okay so so we left – before that last break, we were talking about – I'm telling you, Bernie Sanders has never worked a job in his life. He's only been in government, folks, and he's a multimillionaire. And Bloomberg, he didn't point it out as eloquently as I just did, but Bloomberg at least turned and, and faced Bernie with the simple fact that you are a multimillionaire with three mansions working in Washington but yet telling people – that they you shouldn't be a millionaire or a billionaire so so once again socialist on display socialism on display socialism is for the people for you me socialism is for the peasant but not for the socialist the people in power the elitist will always have everything they tell you you can't have that is how socialism works and that is how uh... communism works so we don't want that, folks. In fact, let me do this. America, America, America. Yeah, so that's what we are, folks. America. We are America. And we need to stay America. Um, th- this is the point that I wanted to, to, to make. We don't need... To go down the socialism road, socialism road. So, so Bloomberg, I, you know, like I said, I he deserves credit. Um, he got pummeled, and and again, I wish him well, and I hope the bruises have. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's recovered from that debate, because other than. Pointing out that, well, like I just said, that what he did with Bernie and having the audacity to face Bernie and say, look, dude, we need capitalism. Uh, we don't need socialism. Socialism is communism. And and he actually made Bernie react to being a millionaire himself, a multimillionaire and owning three homes. Uh, folks, under socialism, do you think you get to own three homes Hell no, you wouldn't get to own three homes. Um, socialism would, would make sure that you don't get to con- have three homes. Not that we all need three homes, but that shouldn't be the government's decision. Never should that be the government's decision. And we darn sure do not need politicians sitting on their elitist butts flying a private jet to whatever home they want to go to that they own while telling you, you can't fly in private jets. You can't have a private home. You can't have control your health care. You can't control what you eat. That's what socialism is, and that's what Bernie is fighting for. And it's pretty darn sad that we've reached a point in the United States of America where we have a lot of people buying in to socialism. Uh, you know what else Bloomberg did to his credit? He pointed out that we only need to look at history to see that socialism has failed. Communism has failed. And yet you've got Bernie Sanders up there. So what did Bernie Sanders say? So this is funny. Because Bernie Sanders cannot deny that socialism has failed and that communism has failed. So what does Bernie say? Oh, oh we're not socialists. We're a democratic socialist. There's a difference. Democratic socialist. Folks, there is no difference. You can call it what you want. Socialism is socialism. And just because you put the word democratic in front of it, it's still socialism. When you want to control health and you want to control the energy and you want to control everything else. Folks, they even want to control the money you're saving. This crop of Democrats wants to dive into your IRAs, your 401ks, your whatever investments you have. They want to go in and take 15, 20 percent of it because they think they deserve it. Actually, a socialist and today's Democrat Party, they think that all the money out there is the government's and that you should be happy with what they decide you can keep. That's a pretty messed up way of thinking, and it is not an American way of thinking so uh, this is what this is the credit that I wanted to give Bloomberg now i 'll get into some of the bad things about Bloomberg and why his past is going to take him down, not the other candidates. Um, First off, though, I do want to do this. Um, last week, I was talking about some of the things that's going to take down bloomberg and uh, and i I did make a joke about wait till you hear what he says about Jews. Dude, folks, I said that because I have Jewish heritage, and uh, one of my um, one of our other hosts here is Jewish, and uh, look, Bloomberg is Jewish himself and and i I make fun of Democrats who vote Democrat. If they're um, Jewish people who are Democrats and and the Jewish people today who still vote for today's Democrats, it just makes no sense. I mean, it's it's basically voting for your own demise. Um, So I I did make a comment about, look, I I have not heard Bloomberg say anything disparaging about Jewish people. So I want to make that clear. Um, I'm making the joke that to be a Democrat today and to be Jewish today. I don't know how the two can go together, so that—that's what I was saying. So I don't want the the Bloomberg people out there who who get mad at me. Um, I want to clear that up. So uh, I I have not heard him say anything bad about the Jewish people. Uh, I hope that things don't come out because his the rest of his past is coming out. So hopefully he hasn't said anything too <laughs> too bad about that. Uh, but anyway, so. I, I pointed out last week, and here's the things that are going to bite Bloomberg in the butt. Um, he has said that young minorities don't know how to act in the workplace. He said that, folks. I didn't say it. He said it. Bloomberg has also said uh, to a to a lady at some point who needed who wanted to take leave, maternity leave. He had he looked at her and said, "Kill it." Uh, again, you can look up what he the full quote, but he basically told her to kill it, kill the baby. Um, this, that's not going to go over well with mainstream America. It'll go over fine with today's Democrats, but it's not going to go over well with independents and and the majority of of today's America. It's just not going to go over well. Um, He's also said that uh, if a crime was committed in a certain place, you can almost guarantee that it was a minority. He said that, folks. That's, that's Again, I'm paraphrasing, but these are some of the things that he said. He also said, now this is why I'm telling you that all Democrats are the same. When I am telling you that the rest of the Democrat field is just as socialist as Sanders, let me give you some proof. So Bloomberg, while he does still believe in capitalism still has socialistic tendencies tendencies and beliefs. He won't admit it, but he does. He'll call it something else, but it's still socialism. Uh, Ber- Bloomberg is on video and or audio saying, if you're 95 years old and you need uh, cancer treatment or you need a heart transplant or you need some other big medical treatment, He is on camera, or or it's either video or audio, saying that if you're 95 years old and you need that, we're just going to give you a pill, make you feel good. You go on and live the rest of your life on your own. You've lived a long life. You don't get to get government health care because you're too old. Folks... There is no way on God's green earth that the United States, the country of freedom, the country of liberty, should ever allow its government to look at a family member of yours and tell them, here's a feel-good pill, go die on your own, because you're no longer a productive citizen of society, you're not going to get health care. That is socialism. That is what Obamacare was. That's what Obamacare is. Uh, when when Sarah Palin say what you will about her, but when she brought up death panels, that is what she was talking about. And now you've got Bloomberg saying the same thing. And Sanders wants it. Warren wants it. Buttigieg wants it. Klobuchar wants it. They all want the government To be able to tell your family member, you're too old, you're not a taxpayer anymore, you're not efficient anymore. So because you're not, we cannot take the precious resources of the government, the precious government medical care. We can't take resources and give them to you. We can give you a feel-good pill so you go die with a smile on your face, but we're not going to give you the treatment that you need. Now, folks... Why am I saying that they're doing this to your family member, to my family member? Because do you think for one second that any socialist elitist, be it Sanders, Bloomberg, uh, Warren, uh, Pelosi, uh, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Schumer, Lindsey Graham, uh, I can go on and on and on. But do you think that any of them up there in D.C., Do you think any of them would look at their family member and say, you're 90 years old, you're not a productive member of society anymore, you don't get that health care? Do you think they're going to say that to their family members? If you think that, then you really are, you've got your head in the sand. Because that's not how it works, folks. The socialist elitist, the Democrat elitist, the Washington establishment Republican elitist will never feel the pain that you, the peasant, will feel under socialism. Be it socialism, be it Democrat socialism, whatever you want to call it. The Democrat swamp, the Washington swamp, the elitist Republican establishment swamp will never bear the burdens that you, we, me, we the people, we the peasants have to burden under their system. So under Bloomberg system, under Sanders system, when they take over, when the government takes over health care, when we have single payer, which is where they all want to go to, folks, they all want to control your health care. Why? You've got to start asking yourself why. Why on earth would a bureaucrat, a politician want to come between you and your doctor? You've got to start asking yourself this. So. When Bloomberg says that your 95-year-old mother or grandmother or sister or brother can't have health care because of their age, because they're not a productive member of society, what happens when you have a special needs, uh, sister, brother, mother, father, whatever, when there's a special needs? They're not a productive member of society. What happens when the government says, sorry, here's the feel-good pill? But we're not going to do anything. We can't do anything for you because they're not putting into the tax system. They're not putting into the tax base. What are, we, what are you going to do when that happens? Because that's what government health care is. You heard Bloomberg say it. Let me repeat this. And you can go look it up because it's on audio. Bloomberg telling you that if you're 95 years old or you're 90 or you're 85 or you're 80 and you need a heart transplant or you need cancer treatment or you need a knee replacement, you don't get it because you're not a productive member of society anymore. Think about that, folks. Remember what I tell you. Socialism is for you, for me, for we, the people. Socialism is for the peasant, never for the socialist. The elitist will never bear the burdens that you have to bear. That's the way it is, folks. All right, that's another show in the can. Thanks for listening so much. This has been On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armanderiz. Tune in next week for another show, folks. You guys have a good week. Goodbye.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.